This is Mark Brainerd with the first Lenten devotional. We're taking a look today at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 12 through 19. Listen now for God's word for you. As they left Bethany the next day, he was hungry. Off in the distance, he saw a fig tree in full leaf. He came up to it, expecting to find something for breakfast, but found nothing but fig leaves. It wasn't yet the season for figs. He addressed the tree. No one is going to eat fruit from you again, ever. And his disciples overheard him. They arrived at Jerusalem. Immediately on entering the temple, Jesus started throwing out everyone who had set up shop there, buying and selling. He kicked over the tables of the bankers and the stalls of the pigeon merchants. He didn't let anyone carry a basket through the temple. And then he taught them, quoting this text, My house was designated a house of prayer for the nations. You've turned it into a hangout for thieves. The high priests and religion scholars heard what was going on and plotted how they might get rid of him. They panicked, for the entire crowd was carried away by his teaching. At evening, Jesus and his disciples left the city. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus' humanity is on full display as this passage opens. He is hungry. Then he becomes angry. Jesus and his disciples woke up in Bethany after the big parade and welcome he had received the day before in nearby Jerusalem. They set out from Bethany, heading back into Jerusalem, and Jesus is hungry. He sees a fig tree off in the distance, and he has his heart set on some plump, juicy figs for breakfast. But when they get closer to the tree, it's leaves and more leaves, but no fruit. He is so put out by this that within earshot of his friends, he curses the tree, saying, No one is going to eat fruit from you again, ever. This was not the best start to his week. They go on to Jerusalem and arrive at the temple where he fumes at what he sees. It's like a flea market, and he's having none of it. He forces them out, but before they go, he tells them, My house was designated a house of prayer for the nations, and you've turned it into a hangout for thieves. This makes the people think so much that they are mesmerized by what Jesus has to say. And this puts the high priests and scholars into a tailspin. They begin pondering how they could get rid of him. So what? In reality, Jesus is not cursing the fig tree simply because he is hungry and there is no fruit. His action is symbolic. In the Bible, the fig tree sometimes represents Israel. So Jesus is saying that Israel has leaves and looks like she is bearing fruit, but in reality, there is no fruit. Jesus then enters Jerusalem and goes into the temple, driving out everyone who is selling and buying goods in the temple. This is an example of how the people looked like they were bearing fruit, but were not. People came from all over to worship in the temple. It was not reasonable for them to bring an animal with them from home to worship, so many would buy the animal when they arrived in Jerusalem. Those in the temple are making it easy for people to worship by selling the animals in the temple complex itself. While that seems like a good idea, it is not. Now what? 
This passage in Mark gives us the opportunity to ponder for ourselves how our faith is manifesting itself. We might consider how our practices are helping or getting in the way of a meaningful relationship with God and with our neighbor. Here are a few discussion questions to consider. What are some examples of how we sometimes bear lots of leaves but no fruit? What is the difference between leaves and fruit? And what is required for us to be able to bear fruit? Do our actions hinder others from worshiping God? Think about your pew or your chair in worship, your Sunday school class, your church study or fellowship group. Do your conversations or fellowship times together welcome or hinder guests or others in your group in worshiping God because of what you do or do not do? Think about our church. Do we hinder one another from worshiping Christ with our actions or conversations, whether it is during a worship gathering or during the week when we see one another? What might we do to nurture the spiritual fruit in our lives? What are ways that we can foster spiritual growth, not only in our lives, but in the hearts and lives with whom we share life?